Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. Today I want to continue some of the stuff that we talked about maybe last week as far as creating room in, in ourselves. And I thought of this scripture this morning in Revelations 3.20 um, where Jesus says, um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will, I will come into him and I will eat with him and him with me. You know, we will have communion. And this communion, I believe, is fully symbolic of the reversal of all things. That is what communion was. It was the very thing that Jesus said, do this often. Remember what I paid for. The very thing that the Apostle Paul said, like, you know, there's people do this without reverence. And so many people get sick and, and, and go to sleep early and all these things because they don't understand the reality of this covenant, the reality of what Jesus has paid for on our behalf. And so I have this concept, you know, and you'll, you'll see these different churches in the book of Revelations, but Revelation 3 is, is, is literally talking about the Laodicean church or what people call the lukewarm church or, the, you know, kind of like the religious machine. It just goes through the motions expecting nothing. And um, honestly, I think it really is in direct correlation with denying the voice of the shepherd leading us into all truth all the time, this relational connection that is true Christianity. And so here it is, is Jesus is saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anybody hears my voice. And so his voice and this knock are, are, are said to be the same thing. You know what I mean? And uh, we think of a knock as... Um, Honestly, it's like an interruption, you know, bang, bang. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it, it can startle you if you're not expecting it. Has anybody had a knock at their door in the middle of the night before? Even on their bedroom and woke up and nothing was there. Come on, yeah? Yeah, it happens to you. Yeah, so, and so this is a real thing. But there's also something to this picture of Jesus at a church knocking and asking to be actually let in to his own place. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, well, you're God. Like, the door should stay open to you, man. Like, this shouldn't even be an issue. But it obviously is. And so I think this really piggybacks well on this concept last year of many times in the Christian and in our hearts and our minds, the things that take up room and take up space, they occupy space that prevent us from actually receiving the things of the kingdom is our own baggage, namely offense and unforgiveness and wound and pain and these things, which Jesus has paid for us to fully be free of, you know, and so here we have this, this concept of, of like Jesus knocking on our doors for us to open up and allow him in and to release those things that are not supposed to be in there. You know, it's a mind change. It's a mentality change. Another thing and a concept that's very valuable for us to, you know, kind of dwell on, meditate on is that what John the Baptist came baptized and saying, the kingdom of heaven's at hand, Right. And people are like, well, who are you, the Christ? Are you the, what are you? Are you Elijah? And he's like, I'm none of these things. But it is too late for you because he's already here amongst you and you haven't recognized him. The boogeyman's here. <laughs> you know what I mean? To all the religious machine and to the principalities and powers of the world. It's like he's already made it all the way through and now he's an adult and, and it's too late. The, the axe is already at the, at, at, at the root of the, the tree of the of religion and and so this this reality that Jesus comes and he starts even saying it even more you know Matthew uh, 4:17 Jesus comes and says repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and so today I want to talk about repentance and the value of our repentance and 
I think a lot of times you throw that word out there. For me, like some words have like, they have, they're like instant triggers. For me, like gospel was an instant trigger. It, it meant like bad country slash Christian music. That's what gospel meant. Oh, I'll play a gospel track. I'm like, oh man, my grandfather's old records that he'd play. You know what I mean? It's like, gee whiz, I got to listen to gospel music. It just, that's where I'd go to with it. Um, but repentance also kind of has that trigger for a lot of people. It's like, all right, now he's going to tell us how trash we all are so that we turn from our darkness. You know what I mean? Because that's what repentance has become. But repentance is this beautiful gift of God that comes because of the ultimate gift and sacrifice that he paid that we have the ability to actually change our mind and to come into agreement with. It's not like, have you seen those big ABC billboards in town? Hey, <laughs> admit you're a sinner <laughs> admit you're garbage B believe that Jesus is the Lord what's that even mean C come to church I don't know what C is I don't remember what it is it, you know where's, where's the flame and arrow swords that when we need one to light them things up right no but um, kind of um, but in reality this, repent, this repentance was like hey have a change of mind Jesus comes saying hey repent the kingdom's actually at hand John, before, hey, repent, the kingdom's at hand. Like, whoa, whoa, who are you? Who is, who is this? Who is that? Like, hey, he's already here. He's already here. The incarnation has happened, and the reverse poison has actually come into humanity because he's taken on flesh. Amen. It's a concept, and it's a lot to it, but say la. And, and it's actually gone out into, in, into poisoned humanity to reverse the mind and heal humanity from what it once was. And so Jesus comes and says, hey, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your mind about this thing that is afar off and realize it's here now. It's here. It's like a mustard seed, so it looks and seems insignificant, but it is so, so incredibly profound and it is already here and it has already been done. Yeah. Right? Saul, don't kick against the goes. We talk about this. Amen. It's too late, buddy. Stop playing for the wrong team. It's already accomplished trying to stop something that's already finished. It's not starting. It's already finished. You know what I mean? And this is the reality of this repentance. This is, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's like create room because this, this repentance is this mind change that comes out of agreement with the old. Yeah. It's a complete reversal of all things. I love when Jesus comes to his disciples. He comes in a bunch of different ways, right? After he was crucified, he comes back. And they don't recognize him so many of the times, right? <laughs> the road to Emmaus, he's walking around with them. And finally, he prays over the food at the end and then vanishes. They're like, it was him. I knew it was him. You know what I'm saying? He shows up in the midst of them with locked doors. They're all screaming. You know, poor down Thomas missed it. So then he got it in the second, second round of John 20. You know, it's like Jesus comes back in this way that they had to perceive him by the Spirit because he was already beginning to unlock their brains and their minds from being limited by this carnal, plastic, temporary realm. You feel and so Jesus is coming back and he says something like he has to open their minds it says yeah. to understand the scriptures yeah. but in Luke 24 47 46 7 8 he starts to talk to them about hey like did you you didn't understand that it was necessary for the Christ to come and suffer like this you thought it was a failure but I meant to do this all along and I won the whole game you know and it was necessary that repentance not like hey you're garbage but repentance, the ability to turn because nothing that you've done on your own because of what he's already finished and done, the ability to repent for repentance and the remission of sins would be preached and proclaimed in his name to all nations. 
This is red letters. This is Jesus coming back after being crucified. This was necessary. You thought I lost, but I won. And it was so that repentance and the remission of sins. Repentance means the ability to change your mind and come out of that fallen mindset of Adam and come into the pure mind of the Spirit of God who's your true Father and see like Him and be like Him and accept what He's done and allow Him to live through you. He was crucified on top of a skull, Golgotha. Calvary, brother. No, Golgotha, man. It sounds, it's right. And it's a skull. There's a reason that cross was stuck into the, to it. A skull is an empty head. You know what I'm saying? He was on top of it. Just like those tongues of fire were on top of it. It was like to burn everything up of that carnal mind and that fallen way of thinking so that we would come into agreement with Abba. Dad, oh my gosh, I'm living a lie. This isn't me. What must I do? What must I do? Acts 2. What must we do to be saved? Hey, we'll repent. Change your mind from playing from the other team. Like, yeah, but what else? <laughs> be baptized. Let, let your life be immersed in this reality and walk it out and for the world to see. And you'll unlock other people as well because then they'll see their Father in you. They'll see sons of God, the imagers of God. That's what mankind was created, in the image of God. Mankind is the imagers of God. Lost our way. But he comes and he says, hey, he gives us a gift of repentance and remission of sins. What is that? Yeah. That is a release from the penalty of. Repentance, a change of mind, followed by the release of everything dark that came in through the fall that was never supposed to be your inheritance. You uninherit that and come back into your true inheritance as a son. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? You know, Apostle Paul's talking about, well, people don't, don't have this communion this, they don't have reverence for the communion. Not that the bread or the cup is anything, unless you're Catholic, which we're not. But it's like, it doesn't mean, it's symbolic though of something very real, the body of the Lord broken on our behalf and the blood of the Lord shed for us. It's symbolic. And we enter into this reality by faith and that health and wholeness becomes our actual real true inheritance. Yeah, yeah it is the remission. It is the removal. Are you saying that like nothing dark that came through the fall is supposed to have its root in any of us as humans? Yes, I am saying that that is what the Bible is saying. And that's Paul the Apostle. I haven't, you know, I don't feel like I've laid a hold of the whole thing, but I'm pressing on to that high call. There's the reality of this thing God has called us to step into of, of the whole ones of the earth that are living health. And it's not join our club or else you'll go to hell. Well, that's an easy pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's not. It's people that actually make disciples by living in such wholeness, confidence, and love that people see it and even the, that's possible? That's possible? I want that. I want that. Who prescribed that to you? Actually, it's not a pill. Yeah, but you should be depressed. You should be this. You should be that. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not any of those things. It's actually, this is your true inheritance. And this is the game. This is the, this is the reality that we're called to walk in. And it comes from an unlocking of the mind. The mind is set into its grooves to accept the things. You know, there's, there's things written in the scriptures that the carnal mind is at enmity with God, right? Remember what Romans 8 says? It's like, it's, it's contrary to, it's like we've, we've inherited this mind, but Jesus has given us the ability to step out of our brain and out of our mindset and have it rewired to go back to the original purpose, the, the original flow. And the, and the Bible is actually full of it. You know, if you just read Revelations 12, 
Verse 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't let your mindset, don't come into acceptance and agreements and morph yourself and, and, and fit your identity according to the, to the images and what's acceptable in this world. But instead, do what? Be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind. Amen. It's like, wow, is this, a, is this some type of new age book you guys are reading? Like, no, 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 it's the Bible and it's really plain about it. You know what I mean? It's like we're transformed by the Holy Spirit in this renewal of mind. And we come in and we prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What, what is that supposed to mean? We prove like we're the walking advertisement of God's heart and His will and His purpose for mankind. And they see it in us and it's unlocked. Is it crazy sometimes when you hear stuff like this? You're like, that makes perfect sense and that's really simple. <laughs> that's how it feels to me sometimes. Books that I've read and I was like, that's so hard to understand. It's like, well, then you read it without somebody else's voice in your head and you just read it for what it is. Like, oh, well, that's kind of, that kind of seems like it's in plain English, you know, plain Greek to English. Stop imitating the ideals of the opinions and the culture around you, but be, be, in, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Imagine that. God wanting to come, knocking on our doors constantly. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I want to unlock you. I want to change the way you think and view. The mindset of mankind is backwards. It truly is. And reversal is the name of the game. Reversal is the name of the game. Jesus came to reverse all things. When the Israelites crossed the Jordan River in order to enter into the promised land, prophetic picture of our inheritance in the book of Joshua, we know that that water backed all the way back to a city called what? Adam. Adam, yeah. No coincidence. The Jordan River backed up, which is a symbolic, prophetic symbolism of this mystical river, but also symbolizes death. It flows into the Dead Sea. But it's like, it literally backed up to Adam. It's like everything that came in through the fall since Adam, Jesus has paid to fully reverse so that we go in in the power of His Spirit and lay hold of the promised land in the here and now. Yeah. It's not somewhere when we die. Remember, repent because the kingdom is now. Repent, change your mind, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, that sounds too good to be true. That's why it's called gospel. That's what it really means. It isn't bad country Christian, you know, contemporary music. It's not, it really isn't. It's and nothing against country. I know I'm in Texas and that's fine. I'm just saying that's what I thought as a little rap music listening Floridian kid. Um, you know, but now it's only Christian, of course, right? No. Uh, so, but the, but the point is like, there's this mind shift. And I believe this is truly is the knocking of the, the Lord. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And many a times the knock is a disruption that feels like, get behind me, Satan. You know, it's like he knocks by bringing stuff up in our hearts. Not as an accuser. Look at that. But just like last week, walking with his disciples, and telling them, you know what I'm saying? Hey, if somebody sins against you, make sure you forgive them. Even if it's seven times in a day, make sure you truly forgive them. And he pokes these buttons or he brings these memories up. He allows pain to surface in our mind, in our heart, memories and wounds, relational things. And it's like, get behind me, Satan. You know, there used to be a t-shirt that said, when the, when the devil reminds you of the past, remind him of his future. Did anybody ever see that as a bumper sticker or nothing? No? Okay. Well, all righty. I heard a couple yeses. Thank you. I saw a hand raise. There you go. I feel good about myself again. Um, no, but in, in reality, it's like, but that's, that's, that's not the way we play this game. 
the way we play this in reality, we're so free and whole from the past that if something comes up was a pain and relational wound or something like that, so many times it is the Lord allowing it because he's there at the door knocking. Hey, like exchange that. Remember how forgiveness works. Remember, you know, our father in heaven, God is your dad. Hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Like let heaven come into the earth. Give us this day the manna of heaven, the daily bread, which is the communion. I'm standing at the door and knock. Understand that I'm always communicating with you. Yeah. Give us this day the bread. And forgive us, for we also forgive everyone who sinned against us. That ain't a hitch. That ain't a catch. That is a, an unreversible requirement that we have the ability to step into the forgiveness of all things. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have the ability to abide in this mindset of forgiveness and releasing forgiveness to every bit of pain that comes into the heart in a way that frees us up and, and, and doesn't allow offense and pain and all these things to take root in our heart because God wants that room. Amen. Yeah. Remember what he said there. He said, faith like a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Faith is not the issue. It's the authority. Forgiveness must be there. But this is one of the knockings of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the knockings of the Lord that He brings stuff up into the mind. And the game is right here. It's between the ears. It's don't be conformed to the world. You know, Don't try to fit yourself or morph into something. Instead, 2 Corinthians 18, uh, see Jesus as He truly... I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 3.18. See Jesus as He truly is, and you will be unlocked by the same image from glory to glory. You will become like him, you will look like him because you were created in his image. It's always been there and it's always been relational. It's always been about connection, you know? You know, one of my favorite, and I, I was, I've been writing in some of this for the past you know, few weeks, so I was just like, it was fresh on the, on the dome, but one of the, my favorite scenes in the Bible is, is one where I feel like he sets the stage have you ever heard the, the, the phrase that a picture is worth a thousand words? A lot of times you can communicate something in a picture or a vision, you know, the way it happened a lot of times in the Bible. Um, with one picture, that would take a thousand words to describe what was going on in it. And Jesus is the embodiment of Yahweh. He is God, but he was also with God, right? You know what I'm saying? And he's the word of God. He is called the express image of God. He is called the fullness of deity embodied. He's all these things that means Jesus' life is also showing us this picture, this view of who God is, so that we can actually step in, into the agreement of this transformation. Feel? And so Jesus comes, and one of the first things he does, or one of the first, uh, I think, I would say, scenes that he does, is the story of that, the, paral the paralyzed guy that got led in through the roof of the house, right? One of the most practical, common stories, and it's beautiful and all that, but when you look at Jesus and you realize like, man, everything he's saying is in layers. Everything that he does, there's, there's a thousand, there's a million words to everything that he's showing us because he's, he's wanting us to get his essence. He wants us to see his plan. He wants to see his purpose. And this story, it's in Mark 2, is no different. He's in Cap Capernaum and, and he's there and he's at a house. He's just stepped into ministering in such a way that people's minds are getting blown by him. They're like, wait, who is this guy? Demons are casting out. People are getting healed. All these miraculous things. He goes out of town for a second. He comes right back in. And he's at this house that some people say that he leased and ended up renting from like Peter and the family or whatever. But he's there teaching. And in Mark 4, I'm sorry, Mark 2, it says he's there. And there's 
so much people there that nobody can actually get to him. The whole house is crowded, I guess the courtyard around. Um, there was no room to hear him and he was actually sitting down and teaching them. Some of them were scribes and Pharisees, some of them were regular people. And Jesus is doing this, uh, you know, talking to them about heaven, talking about the kingdom of God. And what ends up happening is there's a demonstration that, you know, he's kind of sneaky, but he like, he, he totally sets the whole entire thing up. Because whatever he was saying, I'm sure was valuable, but the whole scene of what he did was a picture that's been painted for billions of people for these past 2,000 years. And it's right in front of us. And it's his whole plan. And he comes, and you guys know the story. There's a, there's a paralytic guy. Um, they couldn't get near him. Um, so what they did is this guy was paralyzed. He was carried by four other men is what it was saying. And so they couldn't get to him. So... I guess they climbed on the roof somehow. Maybe, maybe there were several roofs of several houses. And so they got over to the one that was him and they popped the roofing tiles off and, and lowered the guy down into the middle of the meeting, which sounds like a major distraction, major disruption. It's just like, dude, you know, have a little cooth or whatever. Um, but he skips the line and you think he's about to be thrown out, but he's not. So what ends up happening is it says when Jesus, when they lowered this guy down on the bed, basically ruined the meeting, um, Jesus saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And it's just like, what? And instantly like, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We read the Bible really fast a lot of times. You know what I mean? Because we're trying to read our one chapter so we feel good with God and then we can go out the door and be good. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I did my Bible study. Oh, I got my workout. I got my Bible study. You know, I did my cold plunge. If you, those people do that. You know, like, whatever it is, there's some weird thing they've done and then they've gone you know it's like we read our own chapter but it's like when we read this thing a little bit slower and we see this dude saying hey son your sins are forgiven you um it raises an eyebrow of like that's a strange thing to say to somebody that can't walk that's been lowered on a bed that what is he forgiven for breaking the guy's roof open you know what i'm saying disturbing them i forgive you for doing this naughty thing you know what i'm saying now get out of here leave us alone you know no it's it's none of these things but it's such a trigger to the religious elite that are sitting there in the meeting who can say this, but who can forgive sins but God alone? Already, the attack is against the poisoned mind of man. He's already on offense. You don't know he is, but he's there to light everybody's brain open in that place because they've seen God in a way that he's not, and he knows if they see him in the way that he is, that will start to unlock their heart. That will create room in them. The way we perceive about God is the way we treat people in the world. It's the way we perceive our own self, our own self-worth, because that's the way he sees us. That's why I'm rushing through to read these chapters so I can feel okay with God, like I haven't just blown him off and I can go throughout my day. You know, all these religious mindsets. Um, but the unlocked mind, one who sees him as he truly is, is free. And not free to do, but free to be. And when you be, that's, that is the being, is the imager of God then you're being who you truly are. That's real identity. It's not conformed to the image of this world. And then just blend in. It's like, no, be unlocked by the Spirit of God in your mind by a complete reformation of the way you think. Jesus comes and he does something. Remember, reversal is the name of this game. He does something that, that they, and even we now, would see that's out of bounds. That's backwards. Son, your sins are forgiven you. The scribes are sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why is he speaking? He's speaking blasphemies. Like, hey, man, this was kind of going good, but now I realize this is a cult. He's obviously off. Uh, you know, 
To which he, knowing their thoughts, because he, he, he sprung the trap, right? <laughs> he, he, he poked the bear. He wanted the bear to come out so he could take his head off. And uh, so he pokes the bear, gets it to come growl. And um, uh, why do you reason this in your hearts? What's easier for you to say, uh, your sins are forgiven? Or would it be easier to tell the guy to rise up and get off his bed and start walking? And it's just like, well, that's mess. Uh, well, that's impossible. You know what I mean? This is a trick question. I don't know how to answer this right now, you know? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he says to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Said it real clear like that, I have a feeling. Just ride at him, dude. Immediately he rose, took his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that everybody was amazed and they glorified God. And they said, nothing has ever been done like this. This is, this is something else. So here's a story. Jesus is the image of God. He is the Word, the Logos. He is, he, is, he, is, he is God, but He's also the Word. He's this description. He's painted this picture. He's done this reality, and He shows us something that has everything to do with us. Not what we do, but who we are. The paralytic. Completely incapable of, of, of getting to God on our own. Completely of me- incapable of making ourselves whole. But here they are, carried by four men. These men are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They are the Gospels. They are, they, are the, they are the life of Jesus, right? Now, I don't know that that's their real names in, in the Bible, but I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. But it might not have been. It might have been Joe, Billy, and John, and Greg. You know, I don't know. But it's, it's this symbolic picture, yeah. It's this, this, it's this picture of, like, the Gospel has brought us face-to-face with our dad in the person of Jesus. Because you got a 31-year-old guy, 30-year-old, talking about, son, your sins are forgiven. It's like, man, you had him. You must have had that guy young. It's like, well, it's not, it doesn't mean it like that, you know. But he gets lowered down through the roof. So where's the breakthrough? It's the brain. It's the mind. It's the Gospels have come. They've painted this picture. They've shown us who God truly is. This is the, the, the essence of all Bible study. And now these thoughts, this poison that we've had, the, the knowledge of good and evil, right? That was the tree that poisoned mankind. That caused us to see God as both good and evil, right? To be afraid of Him and to hide ourselves and to cover ourselves with the leaves, the fig leaves like Adam and Eve. You know, the fig tree, the religious machine, the religious system. All these things, that use it to cover ourselves, to hide from God, to feel ashamed. All these things that that poisonous fruit, the law, the knowledge of what is good and what is evil, these rules and regulations, all that that thing brought into the world. You know, and here he has, and he comes and he shows these four men who carry us completely unable to do it through ourselves and carried us right into the very presence and to realize like, hey, he's actually inside the house already. He's in there. You're the one locked out. He's not locked out. And here he is, bang, 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 knocking on the door. But sounds like the knock comes from the inside to me. Controversial. Maybe we'll edit that out. But look, maybe not. We definitely won't. But it's like, they get, he gets lowered down in front of him, and then he goes backwards. Son, your sins are forgiven. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a second now. Wait a second. We think like, yeah, but you kind of have to admit 
Remember the ABC, Jesus, remember the ABCs on the sign in Tyler, Texas? Admit you're a sinner, and then you kind of get the You know what I'm saying? It's just like, that guy didn't admit anything. He just showed up trying to get his needs met. And it's like, hey, it's too late. You've already been, you're forgiven. Son, your sins are already, your sons are, your, your sins are forgiven. It's like, ooh, man, that's, that's a zinger right there. The only people going to try to argue that and fight that is religious people that have their, have, you know, they love their works. But a Bible scholar won't. They'll want to, but they won't be able to. So it's like, so it's like, dang, well, that's controversial. But he said it and he did it for a reason because reversal is the name of the game. He's reversed all things. And he's doing something in reverse. And even in his doing, your sins are forgiven. It's not, if you repent, then I'll forgive your sins. But you need to come and own it. There's a value in ownership. Super value. You know, people that don't, you know, they, they go around the same mountain. But, but the truth of, in this picture, is like, it's not repent so that I'll forgive you. It's, I have forgiven you. So why don't you just repent? You're going the wrong way. You know what I mean? It's already, I've already, that's my heart. Yeah. Jesus, the Father was inside of the Son on the cross, reconciling mankind to Himself. The Bible says these things, these controversial things. But it's just like, hey, like this is, this is, uh, it's it's covenantal, it, it, it's filial. It is not, it's not a contract. If you do this, then I'll do this. It's like, hey, I've done this. What are you gonna do? It's like, hey, I've forgiven you. What are you? What so? What are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Are you gonna come into agreement with that and walk in that? Or are you going to choose not to and stay in darkness and go the direction that you're headed? You know, it takes the monster of good and evil, all, that mask off of God. But that's hallowed be your name, yeah? yeah? Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Separate be your name. Separate from what? A lot of things that have been attributed to you that are never supposed to be you. Amen. You know? And so now he's saying like, hey, this happened, I suffered that repentance, this mind change would actually happen, and then the remission of sins would happen. It's like that you would come out of agreement with that, that lineage that you were never supposed to inherit, and you would come into agreement with your true inheritance, which is life and life abundantly. It's not like a prosperity message, but it's the prosperity and the wholeness of the kingdom of heaven. It is the abundance of heaven. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like, it's intelligent and it's clear. It is, a, it is a mind shift. I love the, the first play, his first play, if you're looking at this like, a, like a, a drawn up touchdown or play, you know, Jesus' first play was forgiveness inside the house. Your sins are forgiveness. Your sins are forgiven. Son, your sins are forgiven. <laughs> you know what I mean? And in this wholeness, he recognized son, father, forgiveness, <gasps> release. Now walk this thing out. And he gets the instructions, which is the voice of God. Yeah. And he gets to walk out this wholeness. And go into your house. Go into the world. Demonstrate this reality. Walk this thing out. Yeah. And be the embodiment of the wholeness of God. Somebody is walking in relationship to him and is contagious. See, that the fall was contagious went through all of humanity, but there's something far more contagious. And it was the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It was the incarnation of God in, into humanity. And not only he went into the very depths of humanity, to the deepest, darkest place, to even the, the lie that Colossians, 
One says that lie which was separation. We were once alienated in our minds and separate in our minds, it says in Colossians 1, 20, 21, right? It says he actually comes and he even swallows that on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? He's, he's articulating this, this messianic psalm. And, and not, not only that, he comes in the victorious portion of the psalm is the return, you know, is the victory of God that he was manifesting. He, he even took separation upon himself. And that was the vocal manifestation of that thing. He's, he's undone the entire fall for us. And our job is to actually come into agreement with that reality. That's just, that's just what this is, man. And it's profoundly simple. But it's like naming the Syrians seven-dip baptism. The sevenfold spirit of God. It is this, it is this constant practice of having this mind that is renewed, this renewal of the mind, having the transformation of the mind by seeing the Lord as he truly is and understanding like, oh my gosh, you're bringing me somewhere. I'm, if we're a Christian and we're the same now as we were last year, we're probably missing something, unless you're completely and totally whole. I should say it better than that. If we're not growing in light understanding and the joy and the peace that is the inheritance of heaven, in the wholeness, year by year, then we're not fully stepping into this relational connection because he has what's called maturity that all, this, all the creation, it says in Romans 8, is groaning and longing for those huios, the mature ones, to be manifested in the earth because they will be the ones that walk with the power of heaven. And we're called to walk in this level of wholeness, man. We're called to walk in this reality. And the key right there, I love his first play, it is the unlocked mind. Hey, your sins are forgiven. I'll close with this. I, it kind of goes with last week, but it's like I read, I was reading Romans 12 this week because um, of something else, another portion of it. But I love that the very beginning of it. It's like, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And then it goes on and it talks about this grace that was given to him. And he, and he talks about being members of the body. And he talks about using your spiritual giftings that you've been called to use and like developing those things. He starts talking about love, let it be without hypocrisy and being brotherly love. But then he, but then he goes into a gear. And I know it's the Holy Spirit because it's not really Paul's writing it, but it's by God, by the Spirit of the Lord. But he starts to talk about forgiveness. It's like, bless those who persecute you. Be of the same mind towards one another. Don't set your mind on high things. Don't be wise in your own, in your own opinion. Don't repay evil for evil. Have regard for good, for good things. He says, don't avenge yourselves. Rather, give, give, but instead, give place to wrath. For it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And um, he starts to come with this concept that we kind of talked about last week. Jesus raising his disciples of like, hey, forgiveness is your only play in every situation where there's pain or hurt. You know, It is the authority of heaven that will manifest out of you when you do this. And I love that because at the end of it, he says something which is, you know, I think it's often maybe misconstrued because we hear things about in the beginning of Romans, like the wrath of God that's released from heaven on the, all the ungodliness of men. And I think so many times when we're looking at God through that bipolar lens of good and evil, it's like, oh man, it's, it, it gets filtered into this like, well, repent and don't be naughty because he's about to pour wrath out on the earth and you don't want to catch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is silly, but um, it says the wrath of God is poured out on all the ungodliness of men. You know what I mean? In other words, the wrath of God is poured out on everything that holds man back. 
it's burning on everything and all the shackles and all the ropes and everything that's poisoned mankind, like his rage, the wrath of God manifested on the cross was forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was let there be light and light extinguishes darkness. And so you have Romans 12 talking about have a renewal of your mind and forgive no matter what. You know, have a renewal of your mind and hold no offense. As a matter of fact, give place to wrath because vengeance is mine. That's what is written. And I love it. It says, therefore, if your enemy, and he quotes uh, Proverbs 25 and Romans um, 12, 20. He says, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how he closes Romans 12. And it's just like, he's talking about like, have this reversal, have this renewal of mind. And it's not like, hey, go drink ayahuasca or, you know, take some drug out in the wilderness and, and make gag yourself or whatever, shaman, this and that. He's, he's talking about literally have a transformation of the way you think. See Jesus as he truly is. Watch the reversal of order that he thinks. Look at the, the, the forgiveness and the repentance and what those things truly mean. Let the Holy Spirit transform your brain and the way you think. And no matter what, turn the other cheek and bless those who curse you. And where there's pain, you have a weapon there called forgiveness to process through relationally with God those things that come up in your heart so that you can hold more, more of Him on the inside and release more of Him through the outside. And this is the game. Give, give place to wrath. And it's just like, I'm going to turn my other cheek because I'm going to give place for God's wrath to come and smoke you. And I was like, now we're talking. And here's how you do it. If your enemy's hungry, give him food. And if he's thirsty, give him a drink. Like, wait a minute. The wrath of God? What are you talking about? I want violence, man. Bang, bang. I want fire to come down. I want some heat. I want some pain on those people. It's like, no, no. Hey, renewal of the mind. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. By doing this, you'll heap coals of fire upon his head. It's just like, what? It's like, yeah, remember the tongues of fire that were upon the heads? The reversal of all things, the carnal mind. It's like, yeah, your love for even those who feel like they're against you will unlock them from the poison that's trapped them between the ears. Yeah. And they'll see you as they truly are. They'll see God as he truly is, and it'll help wake them up to who they are. We're, we're, we're in this for everybody. We're in this to win everybody. And here Jesus is, quote unquote, poking the bear. <laughs> But he's having a nice little crew up there and they're like, well, what's easier? And it's just like, well, I'm glad I've actually set this stage so that I could really assault that poison that's in your minds and say, hey, well, which is easier to forgive his sins or actually tell him to get up and walk? Now, this is really going to mess your minds up. If that messed your minds up, hey, get up and walk. <laughs> now, what now? What are you going to do with that? Because <laughs> it worked. Think that was the devil? You do? Or do you think you might be a little bit wrong about God? And it's like, oh, man. Maybe we have become far too familiar with a God that we don't know very well. That'd be a bad thing, wouldn't it? Imagine being an ambassador of God, a leader, having a microphone talking about God and talking about Him in a completely backwards way and convincing a lot of people that He's something that He's not. Boy, that would be bad, wouldn't it? That'd be scary. Yeah, man. Yeah, it would be. Whatever, man. Look, it's, it's, it's just like, wow. Yeah, I'll blow your brain if you think about that too hard. But Isaiah 55, 8. 
For my thoughts aren't your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Like, look, man. Hey, everything's backwards down here. The world's been flipped upside down, but we're here. Come, people are living in the upside down. I've come that I, they actually mean I have life. I'll learn to talk eventually, but I, I've come for them to actually have life. But you have to be whole. We have to be life. It's not our words that they're getting. It's our life that they're going to get. Words are secondary and they're valuable. But look at these pictures and these scenes that Jesus painted for all of us. Yeah. Man, wait a second. If it says give place for wrath, and by doing so it describes giving place for wrath as actually giving food and drink to people that are enemies, doing good to those that are bad, do you think God's wrath was actually love? 100% 100% it has to be that's what the Bible says. yeah think about this so we're thinking the boogeyman's coming to smack he's like no he's coming to pour out life and his wrath is against everything holding his people back oh man wow alrighty well Lord we thank you for the truth and the reality of your kingdom being at hand and, and that we have this ability even in the places of our own unbelief that you've given us practical steps of unlocking the carnal mind by seeing you as you truly are, by watching you, by knowing you, your manna, like the, the relational connection. Also that you've given us this practical way to release forgiveness wherever there's pain and hurt so that we could have a greater capacity even in of, of our minds. These, these rooms that you're knocking on, that we've got locked away in our mind from pain or trauma or betrayal or fear, that you're knocking on those things and we can open up and let you in by releasing forgiveness and asking for the wholeness and healing that only you can bring to those places. Lord, I ask that we, you would enlarge our capacity as we, as we learn to step in these practical ways, that you would enlarge our belief, that you would increase our faith, that we would make, learn what it is to make room for you. Amen. All right, I do questions a lot of times. You guys know this. Um, the question for the week, and this is just for you, between you and the Lord, and it may have already come up. If you didn't listen last week, I, I would do it, but um, it's on the podcast, right? It always is, but this is, it goes with that so very well, and the question is, um, is the Lord knocking? It's like, wait a second, was that you? You know what I mean? You mean to tell me when I was out there weed eating for an hour and a half and I was having that memory come up and regretting it, listening to Def Leppard on my headphones and, and thinking about the past and finally shook out of it and went home and ate some Taco Bell or whatever. You mean to tell me that that was you bringing that up in my heart that whole time because you want, you want to release healing there and wholeness. Like, man, that was just a, you know, that was just a, a, an example, a random one, it wasn't real. But, but it, that's, that's the question. Is the Lord knocking? Is there an interruption? Have I, wait, wait a second. Is there something you're drawing my attention to? Because I can take ownership and I can, take, and I can actually own what you've actually done and disown those old things that are taking space. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and we will have communion. Anybody. 
that's his word. And that is the wholeness and reversal of all things. Thank you.